Welcome back to another episode of Mental Wellness in Minority Community. I am your host, Bethel Kameni. In this week's episode, we will be wrapping up our series on anxiety. We will be joined by a guest, um, a very good friend of mine, Danielle, who will spend some time sharing um, her experience as a minority, uh, but more importantly, as an immigrant, her experience with uh, anxiety, dealing with the family bias, sharing his story. I'm sure that there are millions of Daniels out there. And when you do listen, as we go through this Easter holiday weekend, I ask that we spend some time talking to each other, doing that mental check, asking those questions. Hey, how are you? Just to get a sense of how we're doing mentally, how our mental health is, is evolving throughout our family and throughout our friends. Let's go. Hey. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm well and yourself. I am great. Uh, I guess we figured out the technical issue. Yes, oh, we have. <laughs> suppose we are technical experts now, huh? We are tech geniuses. That's a little awesome. bit. <laughs> That's I'll great. add it to my resume. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, hey, welcome, guys, to another episode of Mental Wellness in the Minority Community. Um, today, I'm joined with a very good friend of mine, Danielle, um, in our series and anxiety. And really, what we're trying to do in this episode is try to marry an opinion other than mine, obviously. Um, <laughs> somebody external to the whole medical scene who'll try to share what has their experience as far as anxiety is concerned but more importantly um, bring a different perspective perhaps something we might not have captured in the previous episodes but more importantly just help us you know um, have an outside opinion and have a better understanding and perhaps provide some tips and experiences and exposure uh, she's had um, with anxiety so welcome to the show um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, feel free. Anything good, bad, you know, awesome that you think uh, defines you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Well, my name is Danielle Chufa. I originally come from Cameroon, and I was born and raised partially there, and I moved to the U.S. in the te- my teens, and I grew up here as well, so... I have a little bit of both backgrounds in me. Um, I'm one person that enjoys physical activities, music, and a lot more things, you know. <laughs> right. So that's right. a little bit summary on my person. Sweet. So, all right, let's jump in to the topic of anxiety. I mean, I was hoping a whole resume of like, hey, you know what? I went to the moon. I am freaking awesome. But. You know, that's a story for a different day. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) um, talking very quickly about anxiety, um, from your own perspective, how would you define anxiety? Mm. When I think of anxiety, I would define it as um, maybe like, um, I would define it as an intensive, very intense feeling of like maybe worry that may lead them to like, affect you affect you emotionally and then in the long term physically right right so um i mean 
you know, a lot of people worry, right? Because mm-hmm. it's part of our day-to-day activity. Mm-hmm. So how do you reconcile that, you know, somebody, um, you know, going through something and you, you say, hey, this person might be suffering from anxiety. I, I don't assume that you have a medical background or anything of that sort. <laughs> do you? Well, I do this some line. studying in the science field, okay. but I would not okay. put myself as an expert in the, right. in the field. Okay. Um, that is not my profession. So I really <laughs> can only tell you based off what I can understand of what it looks like right, in right. my eyes. Right. I would say um, I know every day we worry, but right. sometimes when we worry, we become more like agitated. We probably right. become extremely more stressed. We overthink everything. We're, you kind of see those kind of symptoms, the little, little things that to you, to everyone else is like, oh, you'll be okay. But right. Uh, but over time, you see how it starts impact impacting you and your own on your daily, like your daily life. You're not as, let's say, if you're a bubbly person, you're not as bubbly. Right. You're right. you're always anxious. Like every, <laughs> I don't right. know if I'm making myself a clear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I I kind of understand. You know, um, I think all of us, um, you know, you're a little bit nervous. You're a little worried. Um, so I, I kind of picture. Um, what what you're trying to say here? So yeah, yeah, I, I get it completely. Um, so and it leads me to my next question, right? So, mm-hmm. um, how early do you think that you started noticing, like, or identifying that the symptoms were not normal? Like, it's not okay for me to feel this way for an extended period of time. Oh, I will tell you, it probably took me. Me being in college to realize the most. <laughs> oh wow! Growing up younger, it's like even if you feel those symptoms, right? It's a norm, which is very problematic. Right, <laughs> but right. In in like I guess in the African culture and my background, it's more looked as a norm. It's something that you can basically brush off and you'd be fine. Right. Don't look at it as a mental illness or a mental issue. Right. Right. So. I had to like it had to be really, really extreme for me to even start considering that there's something wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, we'll circle back to that norm part because you just slid in there like you know like there's nothing. But uh, down the road, <laughs> I'd like to reexamine that um, just within the African context and within the minority context, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. Have you personally or anybody close to you really experienced anxiety or have to manage an anxiety attack or have to deal with anxiety on a day-to-day basis? Mm, I'm trying to think of... I have experienced anxiety, but I'm trying to give you more of like a concrete example. So you have more to go on. I would say... Since I mentioned before, I really started noticing my like my anxiety when I was in college. When right. I was one person that I like things done, but I'm also a procrastinator. Okay. okay. Right. So that didn't help a lot in a lot of the cases. For instance, like I would be I'm one of those science heavy course. I was a biological science major. Nerd, nerd. So, uh, no, it's okay. No, no worries. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so with that being said, I had right. a lot of tough, tough 
classes taking right. out loans right. and the pressure of like passing and the pressure of studying the pressure of just making sure that you're at your top game and right. the you overthinking almost everything just right. led to a lot of my anxiety when right. I was in college and it boiled I think it got so bad that I literally shut down one weekend I completely did like you can ask me anything I read it I know what the answer is but I could not take it out of my brain like my brain completely shut down like I think that was one of the most scariest like incidents I was just like what's going on with me I I was really like emotionally I was just like um I didn't know what was going on and then physically I just I just couldn't get myself to do anything like just and I had such a loss of appetite I could be hungry but the idea of getting out of my bed to go and go get food that's like a whole exercise of its own so thank god you walked through that (laughs) but um, yeah I think that was one of like the most extreme part that's where I started kind of like getting into actually going to see someone went to see a counselor where they had like you know break it down explain to me what was going on and kind of like helped me guide me through it and move past the the little hurdle all right that that sounds like a lot that sounds like really scary um it was scary then but i'm just (laughs) glad it was oh it's over now hey right (laughs) you paid me to go back 100 (laughs) percent Right. So I guess my question is, when you're experiencing that, right, uh, at any point in time, did it occur to you that, oh, my God, I'm having an anxiety episode, like, I'm going through, you know. To me, I I probably was like, am I going depressed? Is is this what's going on? Right. (laughs) I went for the extreme. I was just like, is this what it looks like? Because what's going on so it was so it was so foreign to me but it had to to be somebody else outside that made me understand it was like I had a friend talk to a friend was just like you'll be fine the usual you know and I'm just like but I'm not feeling well like I'm not physically ill I don't have a like you know a fever or anything that I can tell you exactly so and I, I just started to put two and two together. It's like, if it's not physically, I'm not getting really crazy, like high fever, coughing, anything, then it has to be something with my mental health. Right. So that's when I was like, you know what? Let's go talk to someone. It doesn't hurt. Maybe I'm just overreacting and maybe right. I would just really just cool down, but go talk to someone. It does not hurt anything. And yeah, that's how that happened. First of all, that's pretty awesome that you had that degree of self-awareness, right? Um mm-hmm. I think that it's very, it's very few, really, very few people will do that self-introspection to be like, hey, you know what, if it's not physical, you know, do that breakdown analysis of themselves to be like, okay, I know nothing is wrong with me physically, then perhaps it's going to be emotionally or mentally, you know, just going step by step. Um, Mm -hmm. That's that's really huge because a lot of people, um, you know, you would hear some stories about people who they, they're experiencing it, but they don't even know that that is what it is, right? Or um, that is that is um, that's anxiety. They, they'll go for depression. And funny, you mentioned depression. Yeah. Um, in an episode that we did actually with my very good friend Abby, who's a psych nurse, 
Um, she, she, she talks about that. She's like, very rare those cases where you will see anxiety without depression. Like, he comes with his buddy depression, like, hey, guys, what's up? We're here to play, you know, and just make a bad situation worse. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really commend you for just having that degree of self-awareness and, and, and just, you know, just thinking outside the box and getting the help that you need. Um, now, let's circle back to the norm where you talked a couple of uh, minutes ago about the norms within the African community or the minority community, um, as far as identifying anxiety as a problem uh, for you specifically, uh, what's your take on that? I personally think when it comes to anything mental health related, right. sadly in the African community is very much brushed. It's like, to them is if they don't see a physical illness, right? Then you're fine. You're just having a moment of you being I don't know emotional. I would say, right? <laughs> and then right. once you're done, you'll be just fine, and you need to just keep going. And that the aspect of even doing being this or being doing this emotional state, you still need to be able to do what you need to do in order right. to survive. It's right. that. I think that constant survival mode that is on at all times without, I think, reflecting that, okay, maybe something is wrong with someone, my mental being, or I, don't, I just don't know. That we really don't look that as something to worry about. Because I could tell you personally, I could call my mom and tell her, yeah, I'm not feeling so good. And right. if it, she goes through the the wellness check questions, I call right, them. Right, right, right. <laughs> and if it doesn't fall under that, she'll just be like, okay, it's fine. You'll be okay. Um, um, You'll be fine. Like, they'll just be like, just just make sure you eat well. Just make sure you, you do this, that, and third. You brush it off. Like, you will be okay. That's right. what you get. Of course, she's trying to reinforce you, but it's like, even to them, but I can't blame our parents. Of course. Or, or our grandparents or people before that, because it's just how they grew up and they don't, you can't, you can't tell somebody something that they are not aware of and then Correct. they fully understand. It's something that they're not taught. Right. You know? It's like, it's like going back to the analogy that you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. Um. Um, so I, I can completely get that, but I was waiting for you to hit me with, uh, you know, an African parent saying, oh, yeah, you should pray and then everything will be oh. fine. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's, oh, that's a chair in front of the kid. Oh, they really do hit you with that. They'll be like, you should just pray. You'll be fine. Uh, you right, definitely right. will be fine. You know, just give yeah. it up to God. It's like, yes, I am a Christian. So, yeah, I do believe I have in my faith and all, but. I also believe that you can't ask for help if you can't help yourself either. Right. Like, you need to be able to actively, yes, you can ask for help, but then be also active and be intentional about going to get the help that you also need. 100%. So you're able to pair both the spiritual healing and right. the, the the physical healing at the same time. So you're right. able to, so you can progress forward, you know. Yeah, totally, totally. I completely agree with you. Right. Um, and so based on that, what mm-hmm. are some of the things that you wish your younger self knew? And if you had the tools, what would you recommend? And 
how would you recommend we breach that difference? So it's a two-part question. Um, yeah, what are some of the things you wish you knew? Okay, my younger self. I wish I was more aware of, like, mental health. Right. Understanding what it means. Right. And I would... I. I really hope in the future that we're able to educate our kids more efficiently. Right. Because so we can break this cycle because it is a cycle. If nobody's being taught, if nobody's breaking out of the, the, the cultural norms that may not be necessarily healthy for oneself. Right. It's best to, you know, educate people, educate our own parents, educate our, 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 our relatives, make make it more aware i think that's the biggest thing and i also tell my younger self don't internalize a lot of emotions because right. i don't know what it is about internalizing emotions that we as africans love to do but we right. sure love to do that yeah, um, right. we like to internalize so it can bubble up and then burst at once hey you know that's hey. when we, we realize that oh red flag red flag we don't right. we don't pick up the little 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 incidents that can lead up to it, and I really wish, you know, be- better practice of like noticing those little signs, right? Or being even educated sooner about those little signs, so I'm able to pick it up and maybe you know work better on my own self, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Great advice. Um, I could not stress that enough. Right. Um, and I, I think it's fantastic that now that you have this wealth of knowledge and that you're truly aware that, Hey, look, um, when I take a step back, I can see that this was not right. I should have done this different. I should have done this different. Right. Right. And, and, and you talked about not internalizing, um, you know, our emotions or feelings, but within our context, within the minority community, um, I, I'm sure this is a whole other conversation, but I'm going to touch on it very quickly, right? Um, yeah. Just to say that, you know, again, going back to you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like we have normalized it. Like, okay, look, um, you know, emotions right now, you know, the priority I'm going to, you know, focus on making this happen, right? Why forgetting that this whole sense of wholeness like you as a human being needs to be whole in order for you to operate at its maximum capacity, right? So we always tend to put that emotional wellness on the side and just focus on, you know, getting shit done, getting shit done. So I think that um, plays a huge role um, in, 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 in normalizing our culture of not caring, if that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. I, yeah. Um, I would argue perhaps that I don't think it's intentional, but then again, oh. uh, but you know, then again, you don't know what you don't know. Right. right. Um, so I'm just curious because here we're quickly running out of time. Um, um, we talked about what are some of the things you would do different, you know, um, to people who don't know, how do you recommend we we go about educating them or bridging that gap because clearly from from the conversation we had today um there's still a lot of work to be done as far as you know mental health is concerned as mm-hmm. far as you know de demystifying the culture of you know talking about feelings and, and mental health like mm-hmm. how do you recommend we go about 
uh, bridging that gap? I think one thing we need maybe is to stop associating mental health issues with like um, bad connotations. So it's like whenever somebody thinks of mental health, I think that's one one of the major keys. Not thinking of it as almost it's being demonized. Like right, right. Don't don't you can't be thinking that means there's something wrong with you and you need to be perfect. You need to be a hundred percent all the time. You know, right, right. I think that's the very much important and maybe figuring out maybe when you're talking to someone that is very clueless, I would say, to to mental health. Right. It's maybe starting with maybe something that they know as a common norm. Right. Like, you know, something as little as why do you feel the need to when that when you're upset, maybe scream the whole house down or, you know, like little, little, little instances, maybe examples that help them relate to back to themselves. Right. So they're able to you're able to kind of break down their walls a little bit because you tell somebody a lot of information if they can't relate to it they will not care to understand what you're talking about absolutely absolutely yeah, so you're I totally think, right you are I think maybe there. Right. yeah absolutely great advice um unfortunately that's all the time we had with you today um once more thank you for for coming on on onto the show and sharing your opinion with us um, before we, we let you go, I just want to quickly share some resources, um, um, which I think are super important. Um, the National Pre- uh, Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. I say again, 1-800-273-8255. Also, uh, a very sweet resource that I found online recently as a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. They also have a national helpline at 1-800-664-357. I say again, 1-800-662-4357. So if you're going through something, if you know anybody who is going through something, please make sure that um, that they, they, they have the resources available to them to help them be successful. Um, mental healthness is not a stigma. It's okay. We're human. And there are people out there willing to help you. And they are not only able, but they're capable. So please, let's let's continue fighting the good fight. And Danielle, once more, thank you for having, uh, for coming on the show and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate being invited. And yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.